Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Well, I, how many feel the Holy Spirit? I, I just feel the burning. Aren't you glad that we just allow the Holy Spirit to move? Amen. I want us to turn. I wanted to get you to get your Bibles right now. I want to thank uh, Christina and the team. Give it up for Christina and the team. What an amazing job. If we could join, if you guys could join us here in, in, in service because I believe the next couple weeks are going to be life-changing. Turn to someone and say, it's about to get really hot in here. <laughs> Not just temperature-wise, spiritual-wise. I believe that one of the things, hear me now, let's all turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Zach, if you could help me out there in the back with some of the slides. Um, uh, I had had Zach, Jalen, where's Jalen? I had had Zach do some last-minute slides for me, so I want to, just so you know, I was going to tell you today, but it's okay. Well, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 5 or 17. Listen to me. I'm about to release one of the most, in my opinion, uh, hear me, um, sobering, serious, uh, dissecting uh, in surgery, so to speak, uh, messages that we as a body of Christ have for so long ignored. I believe, hear me now, please hear me now with, with ears of, of, the, of the Lord, okay, of the Holy Spirit, that we need, in order to be healed from things, we need to address elephants in the room in our lives. That got three amens. And I'm starting a series called Fixing the Fracture. Say that, Fixing the Fracture. Say it one more time, Fixing the fracture, and it has to do with dealing with relational dynamics and relational conflicts or relational uh, realities that have been severed, wounded, uh, broken, or severely hurt. And when I speak about relational dynamics, I am not only speaking about romantic relationships. I am speaking about relationships with your boss, relationships with a family member, relationship with a close friend, relationship with your, uh, with your, um, your, your, uh, your church family, your ministry, your boss. And I'm going to share with you that there needs to be an identification of a fracture. Because if you've ever had a fracture before, I think, I think I've had a tear ligament and uh, I think a small fracture. But it, what happens with a small fracture is so microscopic that it really hurts at first, but you can still kind of move things. And in the natural, you don't really think that anything is going on. But if you look at it through an x-ray, there's a slight break. And if you don't deal with the slight break in time, it will cause, if you put pressure on that bone, it will cause a catastrophic injury. Even so, when it comes to relationships, if we ignore the fracture, come on, somebody. If we ignore the fracture, when pressure hits that relationship in the future, it will cause a catastrophic break in that relationship and cause a lot of hurtful emotions. Can I hear an amen? I had this message about a month ago uh, that's been burning in my heart, and I finally get a chance uh, to study it and release it. So for the next several weeks, I'm going to give you some realities on how to fix the fracture of conflicting um, um, relationships that need fixing. If you look at my beard, <laughs> it's more wider today than it was a year ago. And I know that sounds joking, but I'm going to be transparent for you, with you. Uh, when I first started the church two years ago, well, actually, uh, uh, a year and 10 months ago, um, it was amazing. We, as you can see, God moved super fast. I mean, gave us a building six months when we were a baby ministry. We didn't have any two years of financials. The owner was so gracious and said, just go through me. We were able to pay all of the renovations debt-free. Came out of our checking account, but it's debt-free. Glory to God. 
The reason I say that is because I got a lot more white hairs now than I did when I first started the, the church, and I'm going to be very transparent for you, with you, and I believe most of you could say the same thing if you really just be honest with yourselves. I love what Christina said when she was worshiping. She said, how many people suffer from anxiety five years ago versus how many people suffer now? And I looked at all the hands. That's transparency. That means, hey, there is an issue. Well, I want to be transparent too. The greatest hurt of my life by far, it's not even close, not even close, that I've had, especially since I started this church, and I'm the, the, the lead pastor, you know, you have a bullseye when you're the leader, right? right? Is relational conflicts. By far. So I want to I want to share with you, uh, really from Scripture, and then really have how I have walked through these things, uh, because I've got a lot of white more uh, more right here for that. But it's all good. Can I hear an amen? Second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen. I want you to see this. If you have your Bibles, if you have your uh, your app, please follow with me because I'm going to share something. If you allow me to go probably to twelve ten or so today, I do have a lot to share with you. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Amen. You come to church to get fed anyway, so that's all right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And by the way, you can say amen to me. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I want you to see this. Four times you see in these verses, there's a word that keeps popping up. You would think that the Lord really wants uh, to get the message across of a certain word that he says four times in the next couple of verses. All right? Now, all things are God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The third time you see the word reconcile there. Not imputing their trespasses to them and committed to us the word of reconciliation. The fourth time. What I want to share with you today is the ministry of reconciliation. Don't make me preach this early, this good, this early. The scripture above gives us a very detailed, hidden revelation of the actual work of the cross. We have limited the, I'm going to give you a little foundation first, then I'm going to dive really deep. The, the work of the cross is not just forgiving us of our sins. The work of the cross, the Bible says in this scripture, that he reconciled us to himself, not imputing the trespasses that was charged against us. What does that mean? That means that there was a gap. There was a break. Hear me now. There was a major fracture before the cross that had a distance of relationship between man and, and, and God, between humanity and God. So the cross not only forgave us of our sin, the cross actually reconciled humanity to God, which means bridged the gap, healed the fracture so that we won't have a gap anymore. And why is that important? Because the actual definition of reconcile or reconciliation when it comes to relationships has to do with healing hurtful gaps and injuries in a relationship with two or more people. That's what it means. The word reconcile, and I'm a, I'm a word person, and those of you who, who love words and teachings of, of scriptures, this important because fixing the fracture or wound needs to know the definition of reconciliation, which, it, which means um, this. Reconciliation in, in the Greek, and you can write it down, it's not going to be on the screen, this is what the Greek lexicon for the word reconciliation means. Are you ready? This is powerful. To return someone to be in delightful favor with another. 
to return someone to be in delightful favor with another. That's the word reconciliation. When one ceases to be angry, oh my. When one ceases to be angry with one another and ceases to be offended with another. I'm reading word for word from the Greek definition of the word reconciliation. When we cease to be angry with each other. I told you this is going to be a sobering one. I'm I'm probably not going to get a lot of shouts in this one, but it's going to be a lot of healing. The word reconciliation means to return to a delightful favor with one another, and when one ceases to be angry with one another or ceases to be offended with one another. Why is this important? Because when we seek reconciliation with relational dynamics... It's not just a cool word where we say, yeah, what's going on? You good? You have a little joke. Like when you, when you say the two, the two uh, what's up and the three goods in, the, in a row when you're dealing with someone, there's probably a fracture in there. What's up? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, we're good, good, good. Yeah, good, 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 good. <laughs> but there's, all of us have experienced major fractures in our lives, not just romantically, but with friendships, with family, with church, with ministry. Can I hear an Amen. Now watch this. If it's not dealt with, it will cause what I call a gangrene of relational conflict and emotions in your life. That, that, That tear, that fracture of any type of relationship you have with a church, with a ministry, with a friend, with your spouse, with your child, come on. If not dealt with, it will cause great emotional pain if it's not detected early and dealt with early. Now watch this. I'm going to go a little further. One of the additional root words for reconciliation, are you ready? Oh, this is going to be powerful. The, one of the root words, and you can look it up, one of the additional root words in the Greek lexicon for the word reconciliation means atonement. The word atonement. Now watch. Wow. Now watch. The word atonement, aton- everybody say atonement. Everybody listen to me. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't talk. Make sure you li- pay attention because this is important. Say atonement. So the word atonement is always used as an act of forgiveness when we say he atoned for our sins. But the actual word atonement is actually attached to the definition of one of the synonyms of reconciliation. And I want to read to you what I, this is so powerful, what I saw, what the definition in the dictionary means for atonement. To repair or heal, you can shout, an offense or hurt an injury between people. Atonement is not just I forgive you, is I am removing the anger, the bitterness that I have towards you and the gap that I have towards you. It's healing wounded relationships. That's why when God atones us, he's not just forgiving us of our sins, but he's actually removing the gap so we can have our original relationship with each other restored. Do you see why I'm saying this? And so you have got to give. So based on that definition of reconciliation, are you ready? Listen to me. Are you ready? Everyone say listen. Listen. If so, listen. Listen to me. <laughs> so it, based on that definition of reconciliation, then we could, we could word the scripture that we just read like this. God has given us the ministry of what? Come on, shout. Of what? So based on the definition you just, re- just heard from me, this is how that scripture could read. Get ready to shout. Then, therefore, God has given all of us the ministry of repairing and healing any offense, hurt, and injury between people and circumstances in our lives. And he's given us the ministry to help others cease being angry and offended with another so we can be restored to favor with one another. This is the ministry of reconciliation. 
And if we just continue to ignore the fact that there have been family issues in our lives, there have been friendship issues in our lives, there have been uh, boss issues in our life, there have been uh, uh, romantic issues in our life. If we fail to recognize that, we will be uh, broken with the fracture that will eventually break us hard. Don't deal with a fracture the right way, and you will see what will happen to the bones when you put pressure on it. Every relationship, hear me now, will suffer pressure. Every relationship, every, every ministry relationship, every, every, every friendship relationship, every romantic relationship, every job relationship will suffer pressure. We need to deal with it in the early stages. And it's impossible to deal with the fracture if you don't have the, uh, the person of Jesus Christ smack in the middle of that relationship. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not just good opinions and good things that will get us to, to a place where we reconcile. It is impossible without the person of Jesus to heal the relationship further. Do you know in the courts of law, when, when two parties cannot agree with each other, do you know what they do? The judge, when they can't agree, they hire a mediator. Don't let me preach here pretty good. An arbitrator or, an, or a mediator to solve the differences between two people because of the fact that they can't see eye to eye. So a judge has to hire an arbitrator or a mediator in the courts of law. And in the courts of heaven, there's also a mediator that is the mender of relationships. The Bible says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. The Bible says that in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 5. And you guys, um, Zach, if you could just follow me, I'm going to uh, pop off some scriptures. That's a gangster way of saying it. It's 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It is impossible to seek full and biblical restoration. Watch this. Reconciliation with dynamics of relational conflict without the person of Jesus being smacked in the middle of both of these parties. If one of them don't want to do with Jesus and one of them does, they're going to be a measure of healing, but there's not going to be a full measure. There has to be a mediator that comes in and sits down, and Jesus brings healing to both hearts and comes together so that we can have unity. Look at this now. One of the first steps, put the first slide up there, guys. I mean, Zach. One of the first uh, steps to fixing the fracture with others is to recognize the signs of a fracture in any relationship. I'm preaching good this morning. I'm going to say that again. One of the first steps to fixing the fracture with others is to recognize the signs of any fracture in any relationship. I think the problem that we have in re any relationship dynamic is that we ignore the fracture and we don't know the warning signs. I mean, if, if someone is coming up to you that is close to you and all of a sudden they're always doing this at, while you talk to them and they're always like going like this and you just ignore that, there's the, the problem is, is that that's what's happening in relationships. There's been a fracture between people. There's been a fracture between relationships in, in husbands, wives, sons, daughters, boss, friendships. And, and listen, what happens is that we ignore these warning signs, and before we know it, it's too late, and, and great damage is done. Listen to me. This is powerful. Any relationship uh, listen, and, and when I say healing the fracture, I don't mean that the, uh, sorry, when I mean uh, recognizing the, the, the signs, hear me now, 
not all signs are very loud and rambunctious and obvious. Obviously, when you see the, if, if there's loudness and rudeness and, 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 and a whole bunch of uh, intentional uh, things coming out of our mouth, that's obvious. But I like to, uh-oh, I like to call some of the, the signs silent fractures. What I mean by silent fractures is that, you know, husband and wife, they're living in the same house, but there's no romance anymore. But the, and, and so they have this silent fracture, and they're just resolved to, uh, to, to sleeping in, in other, other uh, bedrooms. Listen. <laughs> but listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. This, this may sound funny to you, but that's what I call silent fractures. You're just going through the motion, and, and that tear keeps getting bigger and bigger. Or friends that used to be friends, they used to be close, and they just kind of fake the, the whole smile thing. But there's a silent fracture that there's not dealing with. And it's because it's obvious to see the signs of a real loud fracture, but it's hard to see the signs of a silent one. The silent fractures are dangerous because there's already been something and we're not recognizing it. So when we talk about relationships, it's like a garden. Everybody say a garden. There's two dynamics to make a garden healthy. Please hear me. This is going to help you. Now, these two dynamics have to do spiritually and prophetically speaking with how we come and heal relationships. So a person that's gardening a garden, they do two things. One, they water it. And number two, they pull out the weeds. If you just water a garden and not identify the weeds, it's going to be all in vain. If you just pull out the weeds and don't water the garden, it's going to be all in vain. Now, what does watering mean in, in the natural and in the spiritual? Watering is adding components to the garden that actually help the garden grow. That's watering. You're adding things. Spiritually, in relationship, emotionally, you add things. You need to be intentional to add things to a relationship, even when everything is doing okay. Add things to nurture it. Now, pulling out the weeds is, watch this, addressing the issue that's stopping growth. Oh, my gosh. You don't just blindly say, where are all my weeds at? I don't want to offend anybody. So where, where's that? There you go. I'm, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm just, I'm just going to grab some of the weeds here. No. Taking the weeds out is an intentional act of addressing the problem in the garden. And you address it by identifying, watch this, not being afraid to identify issues in your relationship. If you just keep on, uh, keep on trucking and, and, and keep on doing what you want to do because you don't, you don't like confrontation, and then you know if you don't address the weeds in your relationships, those weeds will eat up the garden of your heart. It will eat up the garden of your marriage. You know why marriages are destroyed? Because they never watered it enough and they never addressed the weeds. I'm getting three amens. We need to stop being silent about addressing elephants in the room when it comes to our relationships. You know the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time to be silent, and then it says there's a time to speak. There is a time to be silent, and there is a time to speak. And we need to have both when it comes to healing relationships because a relationship any, of any kind could be slightly injured without being broken. Oh, you need to hear that. You could operate in a relationship that's injured and hasn't been broken yet. It takes a lot more effort to heal a relationship when it's broken than when it's just injured and wounded. When a relationship is wounded, if you catch it, there's healing in that. And so what are then some of the signs? Okay, I'm gonna, it's going to be on the screen. Some of the signs 
um, or warning signs that I, I mean, there's probably more, okay? I didn't read it in a book. I just kind of prayed about it and my own life experience, and I just put it on there, okay? So I, it's like I didn't, there's no magic trick to it. One of the signs, the warning signs of a wounded relationship that needs rec- that reconciliation. Are you ready for this? Let's look at the first one. There are, it, it, one of the signs is they are more guarded and distant than usual. Three amens and one ooh. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Ralph. <laughs> My Monday morning pastor press conference, I got one woo. Yes. Just joking. Number one, a warning sign of a relationship that's fractured. Are, fractured. are you ready? They, the, 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 in the relationship, there are more guarded and distant than usual. Come on. Let's just turn off the, let's take off the mask, everybody. Let's take off the mask. We've all been there, right? How you doing? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. You sure you're not hurt? You, do, you, you sure about that? No, it's good. So what happens with the first sign is that the, the, this sign is that when they're unwilling to share freely what they used to share freely with you before. They don't initiate, they, they don't initiate a lot of uh, good news anymore to you. They just kind of are, are starting to be distant. Have you had a relationship that you were really close at one time, whether it's romantic relationship, whether it's friendship relationship, and all of a sudden there's been this hidden fracture that nobody dealt with, and the first sign of a fracture is that there's a distance in that relationship. Come on. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a, guardedness. And not only that, in this type of warning, uh, they, the, people don't genuinely, in this type of warning, this is a little warning, when they don't receive genuine affirmation from you anymore. When, when they used to receive affirmation from you uh, or initiate affirmation, that is a sign that there may be a fracture that you and I may need to address. Why do I speak of warning signs? Because God gives us warning signs so we can bring healing and reconciliation. He doesn't bring warning signs so we can say, oh, that's just so rude of that person. (laughs) Look at them. I can't believe that. Look, they have issues. No. God gives us warning signs so we can say, "Uh uh-oh, there's a fracture. I need to deal with this. They're guarded. That's one warning sign. And so they will begin to slowly distance themselves from the very people that they used to be close to. That's one warning sign. The second warning sign is going to be up there is that, uh, the communication becomes selfish and defensive. The communication, I, I was prepared not to have any amens in this, in this preaching. <laughs> really, this is, not a, this is really not a shouting message. The second warning sign of a relationship that has been fractured. Now, you have two choices. You can say, I don't care if it's fractured. I want it to be fractured. I don't like them anyways. Or, or, or you could be biblical about it and humble yourself and seek reconciliation. Because, listen, if, if, if there's a fraction of relationship and you're okay with that, I'm here to tell you it's not biblical. You could be spiritual and not be biblical. Oh, boy. Oh, brother. A lot of Christians are spiritual, but they're not biblical. Don't make me preach right here. So the, 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 the second warning sign of a relationship of any kind that has been fractured is when the communication between those people has a selfish and defensive tone. In other words, the communication becomes to be sarcastic. Uh, the communication or the relationship starts being about what have you done for me lately instead of how are you doing. 
All of you, all of you just flash back to Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? Bum, ba -dum, bum. Let me stop. Hey, hey. <laughs> so the second warning sign is all about you getting the attention more. The second warning sign that, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you here. If you are trucking along, you're like, wow, I, me and this person are not close anymore. Pay attention, open your eyes, and get your head out of, of whatever you're in. And make sure you see, hey, I'm going to stop ignoring this. They're, they're, uh, and instead of, listen, you need to discern what's coming out from here and what's coming out from here. Because what brings healing is, someone told me sometime some a couple weeks ago that brought a lot of healing to me. and said, PG, when someone speaks to me in a negative way, I've learned to discern not what's coming out through here, but what they're really trying to convey through here. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? And so... Uh, a sign that there's a fracture, say a fracture, in any relationship is when there begins to be defensive and selfish communication. Can I hear an amen? The third warning sign. Look at the third warning sign. The third warning sign of a fracture in a relationship is that we barely come into agreement on things anymore. Now, I'm not saying that we have to come into agreement with everything, but there is a healthy dose of agreement. There's a healthy dose. If, if you and your spouse are usually agreeing on 90% and then all of a sudden you're not, agree, you're not agreeing on 90% of the things, there's a fracture. If, if you and your boss or you and your friend have agreed on 80% of the things and you come to mutual agreement on things and all of a sudden in the next time you have communication, there's, there's more disagreement constantly, 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 there's a fracture. And what happens is we give off signs because the human body, God made us that way so that it could heal. Here's the thing. The Lord gave me this phrase the other day when I was studying. Our facial expressions and our mannerisms are a reflection of what's going on in our heart. If we are hurt emotionally, it will eventually show. That's why these are the warning signs. And, and, and we don't do this because we don't want to we, we wanna honor people. We, wanna, we, we, we don't want to uh, 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 diss our boss and, and whatever. But so what happens is we, we, we become argumentative. All the time. And I'm talking about fixing fractures here. I'm not talking about proving who's right or who's wrong. See, if you're getting mad at this preaching, then that there's something wrong. Seriously. There, I, I'm, if you're getting mad at me right now, then there's a fracture. Then we got to talk. Because I'm not, I'm not aiming at anybody. I'm, I'm calling things out for our, as they are as far as fixing fractures. Doctors have to go in microscopically to see... Listen, to see fractures, doctors have to go in to see fractures. But if they don't look really hard, they'll just miss it. And so, and I'm not talking about um, in any dynamic specific. I'm talking about in your, in your family life, in your friendship life. Listen, I have, a, I have a lot of family members. Family. I'm talking about family members that I've had fractures with. Not because it was just one-sided. It's because we couldn't see eye to eye. And, and it's brought hurt. Can I just be real? It's brought hurt when we, when we ignore the fracture. And so with this warning sign, there's a constant fault finding in that relationship. There's fault finding. Well, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's because of you. It's because of you. It's because of you. 
this type of warning sign. When you see, here's a little hint, when you see someone constantly blaming other people or you in a relationship that you used to be close to, there's a fracture there. What's the reason why I highlight fracture so much? Because it needs to be healed. That's all. I, I'm contending this morning for healing broken relationships. And if we don't like that, then that means we're not, we don't have the heart of the Father. Because you know why? He's not giving preachers the ministry of reconciliation. He's giving you the ministry of reconciliation. If you have the Spirit of God in you, he's given all of you in this room the ministry of reconciliation according to 2 Corinthians. It's not a specific few that have this ministry. It's everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. You have the word of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation in your lips. And it means it's up to you, it's up to us, it's up to me, including myself, to put our pride down and fix the fracture. Because it will spread like cancer. You know how gossip starts? Because fractures never get healed. Let that sink, let that sink deep. Fra- gossip starts because fractures were never dealt with. Oh, I'm preaching. The fourth the fourth sign of a fracture is resistance to pure and natural affection in some relationships. Now, the reason I say some, because I know some people are wired not to have affection. I'm not talking about you guys, okay? I'm not talking about people who are naturally wired that you don't like hugs <laughs> or, or like affection. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you used to have affection with one another, and then all of a sudden, magically, when you go around, you know, you, 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 like you used to be real cool with someone, then you do the, you do the, do, do the this is a sign. Hey, what's going on? The, 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 the half hug. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, or, or the, hey, what's going on, man? Good, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> now, I, now, now, I'm mostly talking about like a parent to a child in that area or even a friendship, but when there is some affection there and it's no longer there, if you notice that, watch this then there's a fracture. Why do I say these warning signs? Because we got to be pay attention to the warning signs. Some people are blinding. You know, have you ever heard this phrase? I don't know how we got to this point. I don't know why. I just fell out of love with him. Just one day, I just don't love him anymore. No, you've ignored fractures for, for a good part of your relationship, and now that fracture has a clean break. Because we never addressed it. That's how you got to that situation. It doesn't just magically come upon you. It comes, it comes with being critical. It comes with being distant. It comes with being uh, uh, sarcastic, complaining, and not healing the fracture. And so what happens, I want to I share a, a, a quote. Put that up there, Zach. This is a powerful quote. A relationship is wounded first. Look at the, look at the screens. Long before a relationship is broken. Woo! Look at the screens, everybody. Look at the screens. A relationship is wounded first long before a relationship is broken. Do you know that a relationship is not broken without the, the opportunity of it getting wounded several times? So when someone says, man, it just this, this friendship broke off or this, or this relationship with the ministry broke off or this relationship that I had so dear with my father broke off, it first was a wound first. It doesn't just happen like, like that all of a sudden. There's wounds that we need to address. And I love what this one man of God said. He said, it's, he said, it's better to be proactive, hear me now, in the maintenance of our relationship because, watch this, quote, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You've heard that before. An ounce of prevention 
is worth a pound of cure. In other words, you give a little attention. You give a little attention to that relationship in the long run. And, and even having, watch this, watch this, watch this. We don't like this. Some uncomfortable conversations for the sake of healing, then it would go further than if you just ignore it because you don't want to deal with the conflict. Can I hear an amen? One of the things that contribute to relational conflict is the words and the tones that we use. Put that up there, Zach. One of the things that, next slide, about words, speech. The power of our words could either build up any relationship dynamic or destroy it. The power of our words could either build up any relationship dynamic or destroy it. You know that, that the most common way almost any relationship or any uh, a friendship is destroyed the quickest is by the tone of our voice and the words that we use. We could be saying truthful things. Let me pause and say this. We could actually be saying truthful biblical things, but our tone in how we say it is demeaning. And it destroys. And watch this. When we have the Bible says corrupt speech, everybody say corrupt speech. When the Bible says corrupt speech, it's not just talking about foul language and curse words. It's talking about how you speak it. Do you know that when we have corrupt speech according to the Bible, this is not PG's version, this is the KJV version, okay? It says that we, in, it, we prohibit the grace of God to be released in that relationship when we, when we have uh, corrupt speech. Look at what the Bible says real quick. It's going to be on your screen. Look at what the Bible says um, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Are you getting something out of this today? Let no corrupt what? Say again. All right. Proceed out of your mouth, but that which is what? Good and necessary for what? Edification that it may. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Your words will impart what? Grace to the hearers. In other words, our words has the ability to impart grace. When corrupt words come out of our mouth, we, in, we, we, we abort the ability of grace being in that relationship. Do you hear me? Think about how we speak to each other. I told you, man, this is going to be sobering. But I, 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 I'm going to say something lovingly. I'm tired of seeing the church at odds with each other. If the devil can't get us back, this is a prophecy that I wrote down. This is a prophecy. Now, every time I highlight it in red, is a prophetic word. Every, listen, here's a prophetic word for us. You want a prophetic word? Here's a prophetic word. If the devil can't get you and I to live in a worldly lifestyle again, he'll get us to get mad at each other and offended with each other. If he can't get me back to the bars, if he can't get me back to partying, if he can't get me back to all that stuff, he'll plant seeds that we don't deal with so that we could be offended with one another. And it's much harder to win a brother or a sister who is offended than, than if you let it be offended and, and then when it's not. Because the Bible in Proverbs 18 verse 19 says, put that up there, Zach, a brother offended is harder to win or restore back. What's the definition of reconciliation? Win a brother back to favor. A brother offended is harder to win. Win how? Win back. Watch this. Then a strong city and contentions are like bars of a castle. If you let it get to the point of offense, it's going to be much harder and require a lot more strategy and a lot more strength to pound that wall to get in the heart of someone to gain them back and win them back. Don't wait till they're offended. Stop it. Stop it right there. Stop it. Let's get Hey, let's humble ourselves. Let's humble ourselves and not prove. Listen, you're never going to get healing if you're waiting for somebody to prove that they're wrong. 
You will never get true healing when, you only, when we only see our perspective of things. So corrupt speech hinders that, and so it's how we say it and what we say that really hinders relationship. Can I hear an amen? amen. So let's look. I want to look at a real-life example. Look at me. I want to give you a very sad story. I, 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 when I read this for the first time in my life, I wept over this. I never used to weep about what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a real-life biblical story of two best friends that were dynamic duos in ministry and had an incredible fallout, and the Bible records it in Scripture. Could you imagine if your fallout between someone is recorded in the Holy Scriptures? Could you imagine if your beef with someone, the Holy Spirit decides, I'm going to take that beef, and I'm going to put it in Scripture, and I'm going to have everybody read it for a lesson for years to come. (laughs) Sad story of, uh, of the Apostle Paul and one of his best friends, Barnabas, watch this, that were a dynamic duo in ministry. I did my study. There's more theological, uh, historical proof that Barnabas and Paul the Apostle were one of the most powerful tag team people in ministry. And they couldn't see eye to eye because of a family preference. And they split, and they never worked together again. And that, that, could you imagine Billy Graham in his prime and Todd White in his prime being best friends and working together in ministry? The powerful impact that they would have had on the world and a disagreement broke them up? Could you imagine that? Well, that's what happened with, with Paul the Apostle and, and, and um, uh, Barnabas. Let me give you a little backdrop story. In the book of Colossians, the Bible says that Barnabas... Uh, that, that, sorry, John Mark. Everybody say John Mark. John Mark was the cousin of Barnabas, if you do some study. Okay? Colossians, the Bible says Colossians says, so I don't know if you guys knew that, but as you do study, John Mark was actually the cousin of Barnabas. And it's in Colossians 4, you can read it. So they're, they're right there, it sets the tone of a little favoritism. Do you hear me now? Do you hear me? Sometimes in our relationship, the reason why we get upset because we're favoring something over the other. Right? So at one time in Acts chapter 13, before I read the scripture, in Acts chapter 13, in their first missionary trip together, John Mark was there, Barnabas was there, and, and, and Paul the Apostle was there. And they're like, hey, we got to go to the work of the Lord. You know what my boy John Mark did? Say, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I, that's not in my comfort zone. I'm out. And the Bible says that John Mark left and went back home. And even though Paul didn't record something saying at that time, there was something that happened. You know when you can get that, that I don't know how else to explain it, but that is that is that feeling in your heart that you get when you when when some when you're slighted, right? John Mark left. Watch this. Watch this. Please hear me. Please apply it to today. When the ministry needed them the most, John Mark left. So now it was just only Barnabas and Paul, and they continued. Now watch. A couple of chapters later, Barnabas said, "Hey, I want to. I want to take my cousin on this ministry trip." And Paul the Apostle says, oh, no, we're not. Now watch this. The dispute was not over doctrine. Hear me, hear me. Oh, my God. The dispute was not over doctrine about the blood of Jesus or grace. It was about, should I bring this person who abandoned me to this next ministry trip, or should I, or should I, I, I take heed to his family, his, his needs, and say, let's just give in for that. Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter 15. This is good stuff. Verse 33, are you ready? Are you following? And after they, look at verse 33, and after they had stayed there for a time, look at this story. They were sent back with greetings from the brethren to the apostles. However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. 
Paul and Barnabas also remain in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Watch this. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Watch this now. Watch. Now Barnabas was determined. Oh, boy. Oh, brother. Determined. Some of us are so determined to get our, 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 you know, our way in, in our relationship with our family, right, that we don't see the other side. So he said, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take with him, watch this, the one who had departed. Kind of just calls them out right there. The one who has departed from them in Pamphylia and had gone with them, and sorry, had not gone with them to the work. Watch this, guys. Are you ready for this? Then the contention became so sharp. This is sad. I wept over this. The contention became so sharp between two godly, powerful, fiery men of God that were going to change the world, that did change the world, but were together up to that point. The contention was so sharp that they parted from one another. That word, contentions, was so sharp is a nice biblical way that they got heated and nasty with each other. I guarantee you it wasn't like, uh, Brother Paul, can we get, please get to him? Oh, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't want that uh, over here. We, you know, we, we, no, it was, I want Barnabas. I, I, Barnabas, I want John, Paul. Paul, Paul, listen to me. Listen to me. I, I'm the one who, who, who grabbed you and, and, and took you in. It's true. I took you in when all the disciples were afraid of you because you were killing all the Christians. Now, li- listen to me here, Paul. Listen to me. I'm gonna, I know he made a mistake, but, but, but John Mark, he's coming with us. He's needed for us in the ministry. No, he is not. He is not coming with us. It, 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 was, it was a contention. It was a heated battle between two spirit. Watch, 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 watch. Busting your bubble. Spirit-filled people. This is, this is not Old Testament. This is a new, new Testament where they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, don't tell me the Holy Ghost people can't argue with each other. Sharp contentions. You know what the Bible says? Instead of working out, they said, fine, leave. I don't need you. That's the, the PG version. PGV. I, I don't need you. Fine, go. Now watch this. Watch this. I did historical study on this. If you read the book of Acts, if you read the book of Acts, hear me now. The book of Acts is filled with signs and wonders and miracles that, that, that Paul and Barnabas did together. Right? As friends. As friends. And as ministry partners. And they couldn't see eye to eye. And they left. Now, watch Years later, years later, there's record that, that Paul's ministry schedule got so busy that they never saw each other again. History states that the ministry schedule, now, now watch, there are proof in the Bible that there was some sort of reconciliation between Paul and Barnabas because he writes fond letters of him. But years later, years later after this split, then Paul finally says, in, the, in one of the scriptures, he says, hey, I'm left alone. Only Luke is with me. Get John Mark. Get John Mark and bring him to me because he's needful to me in ministry. And it's there. In, in, um, real quick, worship team, you can start coming up on stage. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look at me. Come on, man. Are you still, are you still happy with me? You're not mad at me? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Watch this. 
I, I want to bring healing to this. Hear me now. I'm going to bring healing to, and next week we're going to give you the, the, the little the things of how to heal relationships. How many are getting something this morning? Now watch this. Look at 2 Timothy 4 verse 6. For I am already being poured out. Now, now when, was the, when was the beef? When was the beef between Barnabas? When was the beef? In the book of Acts, right? So years later, how many, listen, look at me. Look at me. I want everyone to look at me for a second. How many of you, even now, even now, have not or have split up with some things in your life because of a tear, a fracture, and you just didn't want to deal with it because it was too painful? I'm going to have, I have news for you that's going to set you free. Here's the good news. You don't, reconciliation does not mean you have to be best friends with the person that you reconcile with. That's truth. But it means that you don't stay with the offense forever and not talk about it forever and just go one way and then the other person goes the other way and it's better for not to even see them anymore because they cause me so much pain. That is not the biblical way to reconcile relationships. You don't have to be best friends, but you need to deal with it. I heard a quote the other day, your wound may not be your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. I'm going to say that again. Your wound, your wound may not be your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. Say, it's my responsibility. Say, it's my responsibility to seek reconciliation with relational dynamics, I'm going to say it, that have caused me pain. Listen to me. Are you with me? Look at this. For already poured out to, look at the, the, the last verse. Go, jump to verse 11, uh, Zach, in there. Only Luke is with me. This is Paul speaking years and years later at the end of his life. Only Luke is with me. Get, uh-oh, Mark. That's another word for John Mark. And bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. The beef that happened between Barnabas and Paul, years later, Paul saw the need for John Mark. Isn't it a sad moment that it takes 15 years of damaged relationship to finally come to the conclusion we could have worked together all along? Or we could have, we could have at least addressed this fracture. Watch this. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to end with this. There's a lot more that I have, but I'm going to end with this. Put this slide up. I'm going to tell you things not to do. <laughs> Next week, I'm going to tell you the things to do. Everybody say to do. But today, I'm going to end it because of time of things we should not do during time of relational wound. Are you ready? This is how I'm going to end it. Then we're going to pray. We're going to seek prayer for this. These are some of the things not to do. Say not to do. Say not to do during a time of relational wound. All right? Are you ready for this? Everyone, everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. If you can, please stop talking if you can. I want you guys to, to honor this time. Don't be silent and distant. One of the things not to do in a time of relational conflict with your spouse, with your child, with your coworker, with your friend, with your church, with your ministry that you're involved in, with your, with your best friend, listen to me. Don't be silent and distant. Say that with me. Say, don't be silent and distant. Now, even though there's wisdom that you need to process things first privately, don't stay it. Don't leave it a private matter and let it eat you up. First, deal with it privately, okay? Then talk about it. Turn to someone and say, talk about it.
you need to talk about it, right? The longer we wait to meet and talk with a person, hear me, please. The longer we wait to meet and talk with a person that you have a relational conflict with, the harder the healing will be. Amen? That's the first thing not to do. The second thing, and I'm closing in a couple of minutes here. The second thing not to do, oh, this is, and I'm not only talking about Facebook. This is just, but I'm not excluding Facebook either. Don't block the other person off forever. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just smiling. Do you know that people think they're doing you justice and bringing healing by blocking you off? Do you know that there is, there is that's just putting a Band-Aid on, on, a, on a wound that's bleeding? Imagine if you had an internal bleeding problem and all you put is Band-Aids. <laughs> like no one can see that you're bleeding to death, but all you do is put Band-Aids on it, right? That's not going to heal it. You know, I've had, I've had people block me, block me, that were years of, of friendship and years of family because they, we didn't agree. Listen, listen, do you, th- you know what that shows when you're blocking people is that it shows people around you that you are not willing to deal with biblical conflict in a, in a biblical way. Conflict with a biblical way. You're letting people around you say, it's, watch this, watch this, this is good. It's easier for me to keep the relationship fractured, so I'm going to block you, and I want to keep it fractured than to deal with the issue that's at hand. When we block people off of our lives, I'm not saying, again, to be best friends, but you can't bring restoration to somebody in your life if all you do is block people off. I don't know if you're angry at me or happy at me or mad at me. I can't read your faces. But I will say this. I will say this. It's not biblical for you to just suddenly cut someone off without, wait, 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 wait. I have to bring, bring balance, without first attempting to bring reconciliation. Because next week I'm going to tell you that even the scripture says that after you've tried many times to go to a brother, that if after the third time they say, I don't want anything to do with you, Jesus said, treat them as a heathen, as a tax collector. So, uh, but, but I am saying, don't block them off forever. Guys, can I just, can I be very open? Well, I've been open, so I might as well be really open with you. It's a sign of immaturity when we block people off without giving a chance for restoration and reconciliation. Now, if you tried all you can and they, can, and they don't do, reciprocate, then you keep moving. Can I hear an amen? Woo! Okay, now, now, now this last one, I say the best for last. I say the best for last, Christina. I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> the third thing not to do. When you're in a fractured relationship. Are you ready? Are you ready? Put it up there. Uh Uh-oh. Don't only hear one side of the story. Because it's usually your own side of the story. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm not getting amens. Maybe the worship team needs to help me with my amen corner. I just say amen. Just, just, Just say amen by faith. There you go. There you go. Don't only... Here, come on, you know I'm preaching good here. This is truth. These are the things not to do when you have a fractured relationship. Don't be distant. Don't be silent. And don't only hear one side of the story. 
Because there's always two sides of the story. Let me tell you something. Everyone in this room, including me, I've had people make judgments on me because they've only heard one side of the story or perceived something and they kept it to themselves and they never one time saw a meeting with me to ask me, hey, how did you feel about this or what did you mean about this? They only heard one, they only saw one side of the story, their side. And if it didn't match their side, everything that I did, I'm just talking about myself, but I'm giving you myself an example, was not worthy of their time. You have to realize, if you want healing, guys, who wants healing from fractured relationships? Don't, here, please, I plead with you as your pastor, don't only hear your side. Don't only hear one side. And maybe it's not just your side. I've had people that are close to somebody, and I've seen it with other relationships, that It doesn't even have to be with that person, but someone close to that person said something about that person, and that other person started having a negative seed in their mind about that person without once ever talking to that other person. Oh, really? They did that over there? Oh, my God. And and they used to be cool. They had no beef. But all of a sudden, because a close person said, you know, that's how they run things over there. Oh, really? That's how they do that over there? Not one time. Hey, This is what I heard. And by the way, let me just be really uh, thuggish uh, biblically here for you. That if you're only hearing one side of the story, the Bible calls that gossip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's call it what I love what Christina says one time in her staff meeting. She said venting. I don't know how you said it, but venting, venting is gossip. So when you, you know, you know, Pastor George, I need someone to vent to. When you are assassinating someone's character behind closed doors. With your words, and you're, you're, you're killing their character, and, and watch this, and, you, and you're receiving that, you may not even be speaking it, but if you're receiving it like, man, that's, that's messed up, then you just participated in gossip. If you're venting off of somebody and you're not willing to, to talk it out to people that hurt you, then that venting is gossip, and gossip says he's, that's one of the main things that the Lord hates. Guys, if you're only hearing one side of the story, I have news for you. You've just committed gossip. If I stood up here as a charismatic minister and said, drugs are evil and bad and sinful, the whole church would be like, amen, brother. If I would get up here and say, you know, man, smoking all these drugs and, and all this stuff, the obvious, right, the obvious sins, we'd be like, oh, preach it, pastor. But when I say gossip and worry are, are sins, gossip and worry are also things that we need to deal with, we won't get a lot of amens because we feel that we had the right to, to, to assassinate someone's character behind closed doors because they didn't fit your liking. Guys, I would love RCC to come to a place where the culture is like, oh, no, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Why don't you go ahead and talk to that person over there? What, what if everyone did that? What if everyone said, you know what, no, no, you know, no, no, brother or sister, you know, we, we, uh, have you talked to this person yet? Well, no, but, you know, you're close to them. So, you, no, well, you know what? Don't say anything more because I know that person and their heart is not that way. You want to fix the fracture? You've got to talk about some real stuff. I want you to stand up, please. I want everyone to stand up. You want to fix the fracture? In a relationship, don't just hear one side of the story. 
I'm going to share this one last thing. And I want everyone to listen to me. And then we're going to, listen, we're going to fix the fracture. Actually, we're going to address the fracture today. We're going to continue to fix it in the weeks to come, but we're going to address it. You know what the doctor's orders are today? There's a microscopic x-ray vision from heaven called the Holy Spirit that is examining your heart. And he's wondering if after the sound of my voice and the preaching of the gospel today, that if you identified if there's a fracture in a relationship. Whether it's a friendship, whether it's a ministry relationship. And, and let me tell you, the word repentance nowadays has, is a curse word in some churches. But some of you, it's a good old-fashioned goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Some of you, after hearing the word today, need to repent within yourself and saying, you know what? I have assassinated someone else's character and judged them without ever first talking to them. I've only heard one side of the story. The reason why offense, and I'm closing with this. The reason why offense in a relationship is camouflage. Watch this. Everybody say offense in a relationship is camouflaged. I'm going to say something. Say it one more time. Say offense in relationships is camouflaged. Now, the reason it's camouflaged because the nature of offense is that the devil will make you look at all the wrong that was done to you <laughs> and not make you open your eyes to the real damage that is happening in your heart while you're offended. So the enemy, right? The enemy will cause you to look at all the wrong that was done to you so it camouflages the real issue and damage that's happening in your heart and your emotions and with your relationship. If you're offended at a relationship, there's still healing, but it's camouflaged. Always remember, offense camouflages itself by pointing to all the wrong done to you instead of restoring a relationship. Oh, help me, Lord. Come on, lift up your hands before the Lord. We're going to identify the fracture. We're going to identify the fracture today. In, in any relationship with your, with your spouse, with your friends, and we're going to get it right. With your children, with your boss. Watch this. This is taboo, but I'm going to say it. With your church, with your leadership, with friendship that used to be close. Come on. Are we ready? Come on, lift up your hands. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.